All right, social media family. Thank you for joining us once again for a Grace and Faith Fellowship Bible study tonight. Now, we are going to continue on in our series on Psalm 91. Psalm 91. So I will once again read the whole chapter and then we're going to focus on the, the middle piece tonight. Let's do something a little different. Let's look at the Passion Translation. Read it from there. Psalm 91, starting at verse 1. He says, When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God most high. He's the hope that holds me, the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me in my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy, and he will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by night or by day, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster, when thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God most high, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us and disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you, protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here's what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you love me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. Now, after reading all that, You can see that God kind of, he has us covered, right? 
This is what the psalmist is communicating. Now, if you believe what the word says and you hear this and you meditate on this, you read it, you meditate on it. What, what do you think is going to produce in your heart? Peace. Security. Yeah. 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 I'm glad I read it from the Passion Translation because you could kind of, you could see how it draws out the specifics. Because sometimes we can get lost in the King, King James language. But you're reading it here, just looking at verse 5 again. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night. Nor have a fear. Nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Now let's look at that. Now, is this saying that things won't come against you? Oh, no. Because mm -mm. we know in John 10.10, 10, thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And we wrestle. What's wrestle? It's constant contact. That's good to be Constant. Because it doesn't say you won't be attacked. It says don't worry about an attack. You know, kind of like that. Just noticing that. Mm. And then in verse 3, it says, Surely he'll deliver you from the snare of the fowler mm -hmm. and from the perilous pestilence. So it's sort of covering the same concepts. In this world, you will have tribulation. Mm. Well, look at us. We all made it through COVID. Mm -hmm. So we had have, we have some protection there. Yeah, that's right. We got some people that engage in the ministry of reading around here. <laughs> For real. Because I like how Joe, Julie pulled, pulled it out. You know, you will never worry about an attack. Did say so, you, know, you won't be attacked, but you won't worry. And then that's contingent on the beginning of the chapter. Dwelling in the secret place. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. The, the thing I was going to say was um, I still struggle a bit more with verse 7 and 8 then because um, it, it's so absolute. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Well, we know with COVID, you know, people did have to deal with it. Um, only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. So... Uh, it, it, it seems like um, a couple of verses that could use some discussion anyway. <laughs> okay. But isn't that all goes back to verse 1? You have to be in that secret place of the Lord Most High for these things to apply. And you have to it's say. not just anybody. You have to say, which means you need faith there to say, He is my refuge, yeah. my yeah, fortress. So speaking, it's got something to do with it too. Hmm. That's exactly right before she said that, is that when you said, what does that give you? My, you said peace, I was going to say faith. And I was thinking way in the beginning of, um, remember when the they went out, Joshua and Caleb? Mm -hmm. It was about what they said. Oh, we're grasshoppers in mm -hmm. their sight. So they're getting, it's about what you say based on what you believe, whether you have faith or not. So 
Whether you're going in God's perspective or man's perspective, you're going in the flesh. It was the same people group, mm-hmm. but the spies, the evil report. So you get what you say based on what you believe. And so, you know, yeah. it's, it's, you got it, you know, so you brought up, it's what you say. And those guys believe. were, in, those guys were really into some stuff because some of those tribes they came against, some of those guys were between nine and 12 feet tall. When they said we were as grasshoppers, they meant it. <laughs> I mean, these, these guys look like giants, you know, and, uh, mm. And they really needed faith to come back and say, we can take them. We got God. We can take them. The other guys are going, are you kidding? Did you see those dudes? I mean, can you imagine the, they were looking at the conversation yeah. that went on? Yeah. I was thinking about that series of belief. As soon as I was thinking about, you know, I used to get tripped up with the beginning of Psalm 91, like, he that dwells in the secret place of the most time, like, oh, I'm not perfect. You know, there's always perfection, 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 right. instead of like we said, belief, you know, like we're saying, mm-hmm. it's like you got to believe the promises. Mm-hmm. Like we have so many, like, this is by his stripes, we're healed. Are we all walking around healed? Nah, we, we miss it, or, you know, sometimes, but, but it's there and we believe it, you know, just dwelling with, you know, God and stuff and believing him. So. But we also understand we are not, we are not a better covenant. Even when we read mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. they were done the. I thought that too. Like was the thing about fear though, just think, you know, this is in my house too, you know, for God's not giving us the spirit of fear, mm-hmm. but a power of love and a sound mind. That's in the New Testament. This talking about fear, that you don't have to be afraid. Do not be afraid. You're a child of God, he don't want us afraid. Mm-hmm. I'm glad Mary brought that out though, because that's kind of that's one of those things that really it it'll yeah, it it's a it's a real it's a real issue because mm-hmm. you're talking about something that you know all of us have been affected by one way or another, mm-hmm. and you know you you know people that you know someone close to you that you know no longer are here after the pandemic, and it's like you know you read this and you look at the the reality that you see with your physical eyes, and it's like it's it's a challenge, you know it's a challenge to your to your faith, and especially when you dealing with when you talk to other believers about the believers who have fallen victim of that, you know, just just this past pestilence. So it's it's a matter of us being sensitive to the realities of life, mm-hmm. while at the same time not allowing our faith to be watered down. Mm-hmm. Right. Because at the end of the day, we are called to fight the good fight of faith. And the only way that we going really, we going to stand is by what? Resting in what he said. Because that's that's what we got. That's what we got to stand on. I thought about Abraham too. I go and again, that's before the better covenant, right? Mm-hmm. And it was accounted him for righteousness. He was called for a God. He believed. He just believed. You know, he didn't like try to like dance around. <laughs> he just mm-hmm. God said this, and he okay, God. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I think the challenge is what you just said. People, when people, when you read that or say that, and then people say, okay, well, if that's true, then why did this happen? And they want the answer. They want to be able to say, you know, well, if. 
you that's true then why did someone why did so and so die because she believed he believed and you know you may not always know the the answers to that but like i said you don't water down the word because Mm-mm. You don't have the answer. Well, and you never know the answer. They said they believe, but they lied. You never know they, what's in somebody's heart. Yeah. Somebody gets sick and dies. You don't know what was in their heart. You right. know. Well, and some people have even admitted, I lied. Yeah. I didn't believe. It's like, I don't even know who those people were. I just heard it not too, too long, you know, a few yeah. months ago last year. They said they lied about it. And, that, and, that's, and that's some of the cases. But other cases, it's just the environment around them where you have an environment of unbelief you have somebody that's that's that's, that's trying to fight the good fight of faith right. but all they hear is death and disease and destruction mm-hmm. in in on the lips of everybody around them and that stuff it, it, it affects you it really yes. does it does that's more what i was going to say is I, I think we have to be really really careful what we say to other people because you know, particularly when it says and see the reward of the wicked. I mean, I wrestled with this because I wound up getting COVID at one point. Praise God, not severely, but it was like, Lord, I'm standing on this word. And you say that uh, it shall not come near me. I mean, that's huge. And and see the reward of the wicked. And I'm saying, Lord, that's not what I'm standing on because of what you have said in your word. And so I think we have to be really careful how we present it because uh, yes we will see the reward of the wicked with with um consequences of big diseases and things like that but that doesn't mean everybody that dies in that situation is in that place i think there's other factors that we don't understand we don't know just like julius was saying we don't we don't know what their environment is and what they're hearing constantly and you know, the weaknesses of our flesh can overcome our flesh even when we're standing in our spirit with the Lord on something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're all on a journey. We're not all at the end yet. Right. <laughs> so I, I'm just feeling like we, it, it, it's verses that we don't want to water down the truth. You know, all, all curses is because of the fall, and we know that. And we know that Christ has covered all of it, but we're all in that journey of receiving right. the power of the word. Right. And those things that happened to me like a couple weeks ago when I got sick, I just tell the Lord, I don't know if I opened the door of the enemy anywhere. I don't know where I missed it, but your word is true. And that's not going to change the way I, I believe. And if I've done something, I repent, you know, show me. Show me anything. Is there a strive? Anything. Show me where I opened the way. Because his word is perfect. So it's, it's if somebody failed, it wasn't he. Absolutely. And then I'll just repent and go on. And, you know, sometimes it's a bummer. You say, oh. But like you said, it's a journey. And sometimes he'll show you, well, yeah, this was going on. Or you, know, you fell out of your love. Whatever it might be. But then it's just simple. Repent and I'm well again, so, mm-hmm. you know, you fall down, but rejoice not over me, my foes, for when mm-hmm. I fall, I shall arise. That's right. That's I'm right. Sure. And, and sometimes, too, we, we, we don't always have to, there are, it doesn't have to be a spiritual, quote, unquote, reason, right? Because you could, you could be, 
you know, walking in love and, and, and praying in the Holy Ghost and doing all these things, but you eat something bad. Yep. Mess your stomach up. You know? And that won't that won't that won't because you opened up a door of strife or bitterness or anything right. like that. Just stick with lean cuisine. Be okay. <laughs> lean cuisine has never failed you yet. Failed me. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, and her blood pressure went through the roof. Hey, we're all different, right? Different yeah, bodies. Yeah, but she's saying you work for you, and she tried it. She lost weight, but her pressure stayed high because of some. That's sodium and stuff. Yeah. It's like God, do I need to lose? I'm not really. No, I didn't try it. No, I didn't realize that. Put your weight. She didn't either. Those TV tenders they'll fill me up. I could eat a hungry man and have a lean cuisine for dessert. Seriously. You know, as a woman, I agree. I really do. Like, I'm leaving with you. I mean, no offense right now, but I just feel like you're fine. I, I'm a lady, and I love a hungry man. I'm supposed to have a big, you know, like a nice dinner, you know? Sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, you All right. Hungry man, right, hungry man yeah, is getting some love tonight. Okay. No, it's not. <laughs> you are mistaken. You cannot offend me. No. <laughs> <laughs> to each his own. It's an idea. It's an idea. Now we talk about we talk about protection, right? And we look in that verse seven. Obviously, you know you you hear pestilence, wars, these big calamities, right? But we need protection in how many other ways? All day, every way. <laughs> we drove to Charlottesville yesterday. People are getting more and more insane protection. driving cars. <laughs> you, can't, you can't go around the block without praying believing God to keep you safe she praying real more right now <laughs> oh my God I just got this car and I had to pray a few times yeah, all right, to not be angry some that's what people like if you scratch my he car was really close and I'm praying for you you know when you look in the mirror and you can see the color of their eyes they're too close you look in the mirror and go, oh, man, come on, you're late for work and you're, you're willing to kill me because you're in a hurry to get to work or something? Yeah. We saw so much rage. Just, it was insane. Yeah. Right. But the secret place is in here. You can be in the secret place all day, every day, whether you're at work, at the mall, wherever you're at, you can be in the secret place it, 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 when, it's, when it's in there. And it's... You don't have to go somewhere to be there. No. That's good. Just out of curiosity, I, I don't know what y'all talked about last week. Was it on? Was it online last week? Mm -hmm. It was okay. I couldn't find it, but anyway, I'll try again. Um, verse verse four um, has been really special to me since I um, heard some teaching on the on the story of Esther. And where it says, he shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings, uh, you shall take refuge. And it's always been a sweet picture of a mother hen and chicks. But it's also a, a really sweet correlation to the book of Esther. And when she went under Boaz's um, shawl at night, those... Um, at the, the bottom of the prayer shawl, it's called Wings. And um, it, it's a, 
it's a picture of redemption in that verse, and it's just really beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think she means Esther, but she did say Boaz, so Boaz is in. I think you might, you mean Esther, right? Or you mean Ruth? What did I say? Esther. You said, oh, sorry. Sorry, Ruth is what I'm talking about. Okay. He's on the thing, okay? There's Esther, something there. Esther, 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 Esther was with Haman, right? Yeah. They're both, they're both good. Well, they are both good, but they don't work that way. Yeah. So we talked about mm, these these roads, being on these roads is definitely a place we need protection. What about Mm -hmm. Ben? Thought life. That's where the majority of sin takes place. Right between your ears. I mean, I think that's just, I mean, that's what I see now. That's huge now in this day because mm-hmm. people's minds are, I mean, you know, just talking to co workers and, you know, people that you, the mindset is. I'm so grateful there was no internet around when I was 15, 16, 17. I mean, guys would steal their father's magazines and look at them. Can you imagine if all you had to do was click a couple of keys? Yeah. I mean, everybody I know would have been corrupt completely. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a yeah. mindset that people on a day-to-day basis that they're, they're thinking. And not, like I said, unbelievers and believers, that their mindset is, is you know, it's not given over to, mm-hmm. you know, the Holy Spirit. And it's like, okay, I'm just going to give in to, you know, my thoughts, you know, of, Whatever. As a kid, you don't have thoughts like that, but you're so curious. I can remember we were building a fort one time. This was in the 50s. And this, this other kid came back and says, Hey, man, I got a book. He said, yeah, What book do you got? He said, Sears catalog. <laughs> <laughs> Stole it from my house. Um, How far are we? We have come. True story. Oh, my gosh. True story. Yeah, but that mind, that and being honest, the mindset affects the body. Yeah. So people yeah. are sick, you know, they struggling, they, you know, taking certain medications and stuff because their minds are just in a, in some cases, a dark place. And the guy that brought the catalog, guess what he wanted to be when he grew up? A Catholic priest. <laughs> True story. Can't make it up. Right. All right. Now, Let's, let's put a pin in Psalm 91, and we'll come back to it. But let's go to Ephesians 6, because when we talk about protection, we talk about the mind, right? And we look at, we will, we'll look at the armor of God and how, and how the protection is, that's been provided for us is being expounded upon. All right, so starting at verse 10, Ephesians 6. Paul says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full arm of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full arm of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything to stand, stand therefore, 
having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and have shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all taking up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now we, we see the pieces of armor here protecting each vital organ, every part of the body. But now we're talking about the mind, right? In verse 17, the helmet of salvation. Helmet of salvation. So, thinking about that word salvation, and that's what's on your head. So, the helmet protects the head. Why are we calling this why is Paul calling this the helmet of salvation? Why did he choose salvation for the helmet? Because if you protect your, that, your thoughts, everything else will be safe. It's all going to start there in your head. A fundamental foundation. Okay. Perfect, no matter what, what, I'm sorry. <laughs> what lie the enemy throws at your mind. You go back to him, Jesus already took care of it all, so nothing, nothing can penetrate, you know, to start there, you know, so. That's what I was saying, well, she, it's kind of, your, your mind always has to be fully on the finished works mm -hmm. of Jesus Christ. It always has to stay, that has to be the forefront, no matter what you're experiencing. There you go. Okay. That's good. Do you ever, do you ever speak to your mind? Tell your mind, say, don't go there. I'm not letting you go there. Like it wants to wander off and go somewhere you shouldn't be going. Right. Well, it made me think of Third John two. I pray that you may prosper in every way, and that your body may keep well, even as your soul keeps well and prosper. Because that's your mind, your will, and that's here. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. And if we don't keep that, <laughs> we don't use that protection. If we don't stay in the Word and think about the things He tells us to, we won't prosper. Mm -hmm. The word that jumps out at me is, is, is focus. You got to stay focused. Mm -hmm. And so we, we, I think we've talked about that, distractions. So we know we all, you can be distracted on a daily basis. But having the salvation keeps you focused on that you know, the finished work. It's been complete. It's been done. And so that's where you, your mind has to stay. You know, constantly. It's a choice. Yeah, it's a yeah, choice, right? That's good. Where you allow your mind to go. Yeah, that's good. Because think about salvation, being saved from, being rescued from, and what we're talking about in Psalm 91. Mm -hmm. Protection. Mm -hmm. Right? And how the, the eye gate and the ear gate, the mouth gate, all these are areas where they their influence can come into here. So salvation, if I, I am wearing that as a helmet, so everything that I think is filtered through 
the reality of my identity in Christ. Because if that's my helmet, then it, it helps me to interpret the information that I'm getting through my five senses. I now, think it's important to, I'm sorry. Um, go ahead, go ahead. That, then I'm going to read out of the, yeah. the Passion Translation after you finish. I think it's important to, like, you know, what we're saying about salvation is to know, like we're saying, protecting everything that so much in the church did, you know. We're safe from hell. We're just safe from hell. We're safe from hell. Jesus, you know, there's not been a lot of focus on the way we talk about here, which is good. You know, um, that Jesus did so many other things for us because then, you know, I mean, again, you know, anybody who's listening now on the live somewhere, nobody wants to go to hell. Please accept Jesus. Please believe on him. It's a free gift. But, however, it's that's just the beginning. You've got healing and you're delivered and you're set free and all this prosperity. stuff. Prosperity. So, when we keep that in mind that the salvation is not just about, you know, not going to hell, it helps us protect our minds, I think, a lot better. Just as a throwing it in there. Yes, but that's where it stops. You're right, because you probably can say about 90% of the poor kids on a Sunday basis preach forgiveness of sin. That's it. And they're not wrong. Of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's incomplete. Just, just, you know, it's, it's, it's incomplete. Like you but you, we're bombarded with that message and, mm-hmm. and it needs to be preached, but it stops there. So if I'm dealing with, you know, struggles in this area, my finances in this area, then I, I don't have faith for that because all I, if all I think is salvation is for yeah, forgiveness of yeah. sin, then That's part of life okay, I ain't going to hell, but you know, right now I'm broken. I need yeah, exactly. You know, provision and so forth. But I can't. I've not, I don't. Indeed. I don't know the scriptures that believe God for vision because it's never been pointed out to me, and so. I feel sorry for the preachers that uh, tell everybody, bring bring your unsaved friends to church. I'm thinking, no, man, get them saved out there and then bring yeah. your saved friends to church. You know? I highly agree with that. I've heard that before. It's, it's you know, that, that might be a better idea to do that, you know. Well, you, got, you, you make the poor preacher pray the sinner's prayer and do the same pleas every week for years. Yeah. You know, and that's, totally. that shouldn't ought to be. Shouldn't be all on there. Nope. Not at all. I think I'd say from the pulpit, I'd say, anybody come with a friend and you're not saved? A friend, lead him to the Lord. <laughs> well, why'd you bring him in here in that condition? Could have got killed on your way here. <laughs> yeah, because we definitely don't want to make light of the deliverance from eternal damnation. Because that's, that's, that is that is number one. And that, that, that should be our job. That, that is number one. But it don't stop there, though. And see, and this is why this is the advantage of having a full gospel, right? When you when you introduce that the deliverance, the total deliverance that's available to us, not only in the life to come, but in the here and now. Because if you, you preach... Jesus has delivered you from hell, but you talk to a person that feels like they're living in hell now. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that's cool, but I need some help right now. Mm-hmm. But the thing about it is, and then when they, the gospel isn't isn't active in the here and now, then that just opens up the door for the enemy to sow seeds of doubt and unbelief to our, the heart and the heart to the gospel. But when the total gospel is presented, 
that, yes, you have been redeemed from the curse of the law here in this life. And you have a home in heaven. Your, your sins have been forgiven. You have a the ability to talk to God without schism because of what Christ did for you. That's that is huge because you going from faith to faith, from glory to glory, day by day. I'm experiencing him now and I have an eternity to look forward to. Where I where we are all free from the the, the frailness of this flesh, this physical flesh. We had a friend and a sister, you know, from our old, our former church, one of I'm talking about, and um, she told us she got saved because, or came to the Lord, because so much good things were happening in her life. Like, you know, you hear a lot of times the story where, you know, someone was down with dumps on me, you know, God was right there to rescue them and show them salvation and more, but I thought it was really interesting, you know, that the good things happened to her, I'm just thinking on this, that, you know, God wants all of it, she had a whole package, you know deliverance from, you know, having to go to hell, but all the good, you know, it just made me think someone showed her God's goodness, something, or God was showing her his goodness, and it was the story, she goes, I just had some good stuff happen to me, and I was just like, God, you're so good, I want to come to know you, you know, Jesus, and I go, wow, and I go, you know, like we said, you know, goodness, and they, you know, I thought of this, like they said, you know, ministries, like where they feed the hungry in other countries, I go, I can't even imagine, but it's just like going to somebody, well, you know, Jesus loves you, he doesn't want you to go to hell, but we're just going to leave you there hungry, you know, it's like, like I said, but going through hell now, and going like, I don't know where our next meal is going to come from. My kids are starving. Oh, wow, there's food. And hey, you know what? Here's this food. Jesus gave it to you. He, he loves you. He doesn't want you. He wants you to be with him in eternity. You know, it's, it sounds so much better that way. <laughs> and also when you only preach that, you have that segment of our population that loves their sin. They're having fun. And they say, when I'm old, yeah. then oh, I'll God. think about that. Then right. I'll deal with that. Right. Because... If they think all, all it is is getting saved, then they're going to live their dirty little fun lives until the end. Or they're going to go somewhere and repeat the sinner's prayer and say, okay, they, they, it's done. And they I'm don't going, realize it's to heaven. And then they go back and do what they're living the way they live. I get so flustered with the idea where you'll hear some ministers, and I'm not like hating anybody, but just going, you just got saved for fire insurance. I'm like, well, what other reason did you give me? You know, <laughs> what? Give me a purpose of this life. You know? Wow, that's a real statement, there. Yeah, because I had you know Christian, Christian the Christian tell me he says, okay, salvation is only for like said, fine, it's not going to mm -hmm. happen. I said I'm good. <laughs> and I was like, so you think that's all it's for? And like, well, yeah, that's all I don't need it for anything. I'm like, okay, I mean, but that's where your mind is. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Faith cometh by hearing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And hearing by the word of God. And if if all if if the totality of your understanding is John three sixteen, yeah. and that's oh, it, yeah. <laughs> then you know you you know your what you have faith for is for the life to come. Mm -hmm. That's that's what's being presented. But you you he's offering himself to you now in exchange for your life, mm -hmm. your mess. You give him your life and he give you his. That's, that's the gospel. But 
you know, like Julie said, if, you know, if all you, if that's the only thing that you've given me is the fire insurance message, then, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm coming for. Because I don't, I don't want, don't nobody want to go to hell. I mean, not willingly. Like, if you, you understand what hell is. But it's so much more. Because I don't know about you, but I need them today. Every moment of every day. Then you meet people say, I want to go to hell. All my friends are there. Or all the bad girls are there. They'll say stupid stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that movie, you know, because you're thinking of something, something bad. So I ain't even going to sit there. I'm not censoring myself. Now, let's, I'm, I'm going to read verse 17, 18 in the Passion Translation. All right. Ephesians 6 says, Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies and take the mighty razor-sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. Pray passionately, passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Pray the blessings of God upon all his believers. I said, when you don't know what to pray, pray in spirit. Mm -hmm. The other night I called Andrew's prayer mom, and she said, she is, let's pray in spirit. Before we pray. She said, do you mind? I know. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> and then she, she prayed. She goes, I go, you know, that's, he's going straight. He knows. Mm -hmm. That's good. So the passion just makes it real plain. Protecting your thoughts from lies. All right, before we go, go back to Psalm 91, let me ask about the breastplate. Having put on a breastplate of righteousness. So a breastplate, what does that protect? Okay. Now that's that's over the, now the breastplate over the heart. Breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness. What's the connection there? Receiving Jesus right now. Not my own. Get a new heart. Right, righteous heart. Mm -hmm. Right thinking. Mm -hmm. In your heart. Tell me you Righteousness, being in right standing with God, to cover the heart. So the heart is the center of man. All the issues of life come from mm -hmm. So we talk about identity and stuff, like who who you are at your core, mm -hmm. right? 
So the breastplate is protecting the heart. Could you say protecting the inner man of the heart? Because mm -hmm. sometimes the Bible, the word refers to as the inner man of the heart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because right standing with God, being in right standing with God, in spite of my shortcoming, my sin, my missteps, I am the righteousness of God. Not because of me, but because of him. And when you fall, things, you know, you miss the mark. What's the attack that happens? You were, you were, you were a sincere believer. You, you missed the mark. Where does the enemy go? Right there to your identity. Who do you think you are? Julie, you're supposed to be saved. <laughs> that, that skirt was a little too high. <laughs> you were at, when you was at the beach the other day. Eric, you're supposed to be saved. Oh, Eric. I seen you almost run that old lady over when you was leaving Costco. <laughs> <laughs> With a shopping cart. <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to be saved. Oh, right. <laughs> what, 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 whatever, you know, yeah. accusation that could be thrown at you, right? Right, and it, but the thing about it is, again, it could be it could be a false accusation, or it could be true. But the reality is, in spite of that, your righteousness is sealed by what his finished work, not because of what you do, because if the if righteousness was my right doing, then my standing with God would be like this. Mm -hmm. And how can I have confidence, especially confidence for the promises in Psalm 91, if I'm like this? See, we, we're good at, we, we've been trained to use our faith to get stuff, but we're not trained to use our faith to stand firm in our position with him. You know, nothing wrong actually. We, the Bible does teach us meet your faith for what you need. But like she said, what about when you mess up? Do we use our faith? Say, you know what, I'm writing down regardless of the mistake I made. Do we stand in that? Or do we just come well, we yeah, we're trained to use our faith for believe God for this, believe God for that. But when you mess up and then you got people to help you, yeah, you are. Mm -hmm. Yes, you did do that. Yeah, exactly. So we get a lot of that, but you know, because they remind me of the scripture with David when he did the zigzag, he messed up. Mm -hmm. And the Bible said, David, what encouraged himself and the Lord? I was just thinking, I used to go to a church. And on Wednesday night when I went to church, I had to drive by this porn store that was on the way to church. When I got in the habit, if there, I saw somebody walking in, or like, like they were going to walk in, I'd honk the horn four or five times and wave. <laughs> you can't believe how many people do this. <laughs> they know they're doing wrong. They know what they're doing. Huh? No, I just want to see the reaction. 
and see if these guys know what they're doing wrong. I honk, honk, honk. And, and man, they, they try to duck and hide. And, well, because their first impression is they, they, they know They them. think that somebody knows yeah. them, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and nobody's, nobody wanted to be seen doing that. <laughs> I have a weird sense of humor, but I, I have fun. Now, speaking of righteousness, I know Eric has been doing a series on righteousness. And um, I, I, I got some, some nasty responses from the um, righteous skeptic about his Eric's statement about righteousness. Right. And when he when he made the statement about once saved, always saved versus once saved, always sealed. Mm -hmm. I, I you, you couldn't see all the mad face emojis that I saw. False doctrine. Heresy, heresy. That I saw. <laughs> he said he's gonna do a formal complaint. <laughs> he wants me to read. A formal some, complaint to who? To the ministry. Well, I just got done watching. I just got done doing spirit, soul, and body with uh, Andrew, and they talked about that. So have at it because we, I learned in that Bible study, a hundred percent whatever you say. So go right ahead and complain. It's right. The complaint's going to go right there. That, <laughs> that's, that's the complaint department department right there. Okay. So we know because we, we literally discuss like what that meant sealed and how yeah, really like one sealed always is like what it, it takes a lot to you know not to get unsaved. It it really does. Like we went we had a huge discussion on what mm -hmm. it takes to get mm -hmm. unsaved, whatever word. I asked God unsaved. to stay out of my life 50 years ago. I was going through the terrible trial. It was a nightmare. And I remember talking to him and saying, I need you to stay away from me. I, I, I don't want to be I, believe you. I don't want to be a foul. I, I really don't anymore. And uh, I was in another state walking in a store to either buy cigarettes or alcohol. And I walk in and the guy behind the counter says, I know you. I said, you don't know me. He says, I do. He says, you're in that rock church choir. You're in the front row. I walked out of there. I said, God, I ask you to leave me alone. <laughs> you know? He won't. It's like a little kid that gets mad at his dad and tries to kick him in the leg. You know? That's going to straighten him out, but he still loves him. He's not going to let it happen. One other note just to have. I mean, read the complaint definitely. But I, uh, I told God if he was the way I thought he was, this would be four and a half years ago now. I wanted nothing to do with him. I waved him with some fingers on my hand. <laughs> I hugged him, and it's not cool. You shouldn't do that. No, that was great. Cool, but I was very well. They're foolish. I don't know what you want. He knew why I did it, and he never loved me. And even before then, before I even got to that point, I just a couple months before that, I had stopped praying in tongues. I got really scared of God. I started little by little. It was like a progression. But I remembered stopping, and I was. No one would ever believe me. No one would believe me here. But I go. I was terrified. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm gonna come a reprobate mind or something. I'm not praying in tongues, and he will. I won't let him flow through me or whatever. And I heard his gentleness can be in my heart. Take all the time you need. And not that God wanted me to be away from that. It was his protection, but it was just 
he knew why. He knew the reasons. And mm-hmm. when I started doing it, yeah, I started praying in tongues before mm-hmm. I wrote the word again a couple years later. It felt so good, but anyway, God will never leave me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you get mad, you ain't mad with fear because they get mad at me, but that just quote cool fear. Mm-hmm. So we have. I didn't write it. You didn't write it. Yeah, exactly. I didn't write it. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we have a complaint. You said. Yeah, Uh-oh. yeah, but he he hasn't he hasn't composed a formal letter yet, but it's coming. Okay. Gene would be happy to help. Okay. So, I right, well, what are we gonna do now? Let's go to Ephesians one. We're gonna backtrack. Ephesians one. <laughs> Sure, you turn that into my Bible chart. I was thinking about what I thought. Anyway. I'm going to start at verse 11. And I'm going to read this in the Amplified Classic. 11, 12, and 13. Now, before I read it, just, just keep in mind the helmet of salvation. And protection right from the lies of the enemy head breastplate in him we also were made God's heritage portion and we obtain an inheritance but we had in, had been foreordained chosen and appointed beforehand in accordance with his purpose who works out everything in agreement with the counsel and design of his own will, so that we who first hoped in Christ, who first put our confidence in him, have been destined and appointed to live for the praise of his glory. 13. In him you also, who have heard the word of truth, the glad tidings, gospel of your salvation, and have believed in and adhered to and relied on him, were stamped with a seal of the long-promised Holy Spirit. Stamped with the seal of the long-promised Holy Spirit. Now, when you hear that word stamped, we're not talking about U.S. Postal Service type Mm-mm. stamp. Because you, you lick, a, lick on the back of it, slap it on the envelope, any type of seal we talking about. It's not the same. Seal something that is impressed upon. I think about like cattle and stuff and like mm-hmm. pigs or whatever hogs were like back in the day, they would like brand them. Mark, they brand them. Yeah, yeah. brand them seal. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. yeah, it was permanent. Yeah. Yep, permanent. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. All way you get out is cut it off. <laughs> then you want to kill something. That's not good. And 14 says, That spirit, of referring to the Holy Spirit, is the guarantee of our inheritance. The first fruits, the pledge, the foretaste, the down payment on our heritage in anticipation of its full redemption and our acquiring complete possession of it to the praise of his glory. That's some pretty strong words. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. So when you see someone backslide to the degree that they literally walk away from God, don't serve him anymore, don't pray, do you just doubt whether they were ever really saved to begin with? I do. Yeah. 
Because I mean, I, I've you know heard that, but you know, I've I've got to doubt whether you ever received anything anyway. Because, like it says here, you know, see, so I I question that. So, and I do I, I do understand people who have the other side. It's like, you know, but as he just said, the way God pursues you. Mm-hmm. Even when you're in the mind, like he's like, okay, I don't want no more. It's, I've had it. Yeah, yeah he's just yeah. not gonna quit. You know, just quit on you and just say, okay, you know what? Forget it. No. I'm just gonna. No. Right. You're right. I'm just talking about people that yeah. literally the rest of their lives really do. They completely turn away from. Yeah. From there, there's yeah, some, somebody. Somebody. There's some things that we're never gonna know. You see somebody that's trying between to them and God. feed a baby spinach or something. Yeah. The baby's spitting it back out. And eventually the baby is, ah, I hate you. you don't give me any more of that stuff. That's how God is with us. I mean, he's right. persistent, continue. He won't back off. He won't leave you alone. And I can, see, I can see how people would say that. Because, you know, there was a time, like, okay, you turn from God. Yes. And I know Andrew said, he said, if, if it's possible, it's extremely difficult mm-hmm. to do it. And it's very, very, very rare if that's possible. But I'm like, if, and I think in most cases, if you just never really received Christ. No, I think once you do, and you try to do that, you'll see him in every television program, yeah. every radio show, everything yeah. you pick up and read. You're gonna, God's gonna give you revelation. I don't care if it's from a comic book. Mm-hmm. You're gonna start saying, "Wait a minute," because he's he's not gonna give up on you. Now remember Psalm 91, right? Mm-hmm. First first verse where he says. He who dwells in the secret, secret place, place. Mm-hmm. secret place. And we're talking about this stamp of approval, right? The seal, mm-hmm. how we're sealed. Now you look at that word sealed in the, the Strong's here and, and look at Thayer's definition. To stamp with a signet or private mark for security or preservation. Mm-hmm. To keep secret to a test. In Thayer's definition, look to set a seal upon, mark with a seal to seal for security from Satan. Wow. Since things sealed up are concealed, to hide, keep silence, keep secret. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And look at the rest of the definition here. It's in order to mark a personal thing. So the imagery you get. Right. So, you know, you have some cattle, a group of cattle, and they get stamped. So, you know, that one runs off somewhere, you know, it belongs to mm-hmm. rancher so and so because of that stamp. I love the one security, security from Satan. That's, that's pretty strong. Okay. I think when you were doing that, my mind was like you're in the other Bible study. You know, I was thinking of sealed, a vacuum sealer. So, is that? <laughs> Think about that. That's good. No, That's good. I, That's, no, good. That's good because look. No, what I'm saying is it a stamp or, or is my heart in the vacuum sealer? Like, I'm confused now. It's both. It's both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Because, I mean, because, you know, think about it. But now, it's so you, different, though. What? Mm-hmm. Not, you can have both. Think about it. Now, those vacuum sealers, right? What do they do? They compress. They compress and they, they contract to the place where it's so airtight that it keeps the food from 
rotting, mm -hmm. right? So that being a vacuum seal for preservation and the stamp for identification. Preservation and identification. He does both. Mm -hmm. And the presence of the Holy Spirit is the evidence of that. And sinning is hard. I mean, you, you, you just can't sin lightly. Because it's right there. Look at, the, look at the rest of the definition. And say it's in order to prove, confirm, or attest the thing. That, yeah, the Holy Spirit confirms, proves. Mm -hmm. To confirm, authenticate. Identity. Yeah, identity. Place beyond doubt of That's a written, written document written to document. prove one's testimony to a person. That he is what he professes to be. So both both word pictures fit. Yeah. The vacuum seal and the stamp. I'd rather be vacuum sealed. Keep all that stuff away. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good thing. We ain't got to choose. I don't have any things. Right. We, we get both. I know. <laughs> I hate temptation. I mean, when I used to teach Sunday school, the kids used to say, no wonder you're so good, Mr. Gene. You've done everything there is to do. And I said, don't go there. I said, the more you've done, the more temptation it is because you know what it is. Mm -hmm. And they think, well, once you do it, you don't want to do it anymore. And I think that's the opposite. You know? That makes sense. It is. Yeah. And I'm thinking about what, what Gene said earlier about, um, you know, how the exposure to things. It's so different now. Mm -hmm. I said, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I, you know, I, I kind of think, well, maybe I, it, it would be nice to be a little younger than I think about us, and mm -hmm. uh, not really, not not really, not trying to, not trying to live saved. Yeah, I know. Because it's like, Lord have mercy, we got to pray for our children for real. When I was sixteen, if they had computers, I'd have stolen the old car to get one. I mean, that's how because all the, everybody I knew was fifteen and sixteen were sex crazy, you know, boys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, they were just nuts. And because and so the, the the access to things is so is is so wide open now, and it's not all evil. It's just extreme. Because if you young and you passionate for a particular field or particular um, field of study, or you know a profession, you want to you want to play ball or you want to do this, that, and the third. The amount of access you have to expert guidance, counsel, it is just wide open. We had YouTube back in the day, mm -hmm. iTunes, University, and all this type of stuff. He didn't have all that. You had, you had World Book and the Britannica. And Sears Catalog. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. But, like, on the other side, if you just... Lustful, sex crazed. Back in the day, you had to go in the back of the, the. You either had to go to the to the store mm -hmm. and ask the man about the books behind the counter, mm -hmm. or you had to go to the back of the video store, mm -hmm. right? But now, yeah, Wait. on on demand, high four K, and or or virtual reality. I could put my virtual reality helmet on, mm -hmm. and I could see it in in. in or I can get me a little robot, my personal robot. <laughs> we had our we had our youth group one time, and uh, the Lord led me to, to tell them. I said, "You guys, you guys think you're going to be turned on? You see a girl in a bikini, right?" 
And they're all going, hmm. I said, I got, I got one more, more than that. You guys get turned on. These guys were like 14 to 16. I said, you guys get turned on if you see a bathing suit hanging on the clothesline. And then one guy said, oh, I thought I was going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody ever told them the truth before. God, you know, when you've been there and you've done that, and you, they start thinking, this is normal. Now I got to get rid of it, you know? Yeah. So... On that note, we talking about protection. We can, we gotta pray for our kids, mm-hmm. our children, our, our nieces, nephews, grand grandchildren, great grandchildren. You gotta pray. They can see more in an hour than we've seen in the last twenty five years. Yeah, for sure. You know? For sure. And again, is what direction is that access being pointed towards? Mm-hmm. Like, if this this person wants to be like a little engineer or something like that, the how how much faster. They can get get to learning that craft and developing in that, you know, because the, the 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 devil isn't the iPad or the internet. Right. It's the content. Mm-hmm. What you looking at? And what you look you at how society changed. When I was a kid, you watched a, a, a comedy show like uh, I Love Lucy. They had separate beds. I mean, they no no, no yeah. none of them slept in the same bed together. I mean. The whole thing was different, and uh, mm-hmm. today it's like it's like it's like crazy, and it's our fault. I mean, we've let it happen by not praying and protesting and doing the things we should do. I think. I think too, when God doesn't, when God always offers the right solution, but when we as the body don't offer or represent the right solution, Satan's going to hold out something that looks good, and he's going to pull it in. I think a big problem with you know, the sexual thing and sex and stuff is, you know, in the church it was boring, 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 you'll never have anything. God wants you to wait. No, he doesn't want you to have anybody, blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, well, things like, ah, oh, Kobe, I got everything you need, man. You know, and then it's like, oh, instead of going, no, God's got the best for me. You know, <laughs> we love to hear that. You know? Yeah. But sex, sex outside of marriage now is, is normalized now. Yeah. And even for even the body of Christ, we've known for sex. And like some people, I think when I look back, you know, we were, in some cases, we were too condemning over it. Where people were like, you know, okay, we condemn people a lot. Of, but at the same time, now it's like, oh, well, there's no balance. We either was here, yeah. or I made the whole Now we're here, like, oh, okay, you know, no big deal. This and that. So yeah. waiting until you get married is just a. Well, if you're only dating one sex, you're really out of step. You need to have. You need to now. If you're not dating both sexes, there's you're really missing out. Yeah. Why limit yourself to the opposite sex? Okay. Okay. Yeah, but I'm just saying it's you're really boring. You know, we come to you know, and so and you see a lot of believers who kind of. You know, don't really say anything about it, but it's just like okay. So, but I think we need some work in there, but we've got to get back. But to me, if you stand on that, then they're gonna look at you like okay. it, it depends how you, you do it. Know what year it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, you know what it, it depends how you do it. I used to work in the car business, and we had a lot of women there, young girls, in fact, from maybe eighteen to twenty-five or thirty, and they would shack up. They'd meet somebody, move in with them, and. Between 18 months and three years, somebody finds somebody else. And then you got these girls, they're heartbroken. 
crying. They come talk to me because I'm the I'm the, the Christian guy in the group. They talk to me and I said, I said, this is the second time it's happened to you. I said, you've been through two divorces. I had never been married. I said, now you're living with those guys. I said, you're going through the same pain as a divorce. I said, yeah. God, God don't want you to do that. He's trying to protect you from right. these breakups you're going through. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not, he don't want you to have fun. He just, he don't want you to have to go through these terrible emotional breakups. Right. And uh, most of them received it pretty good. Because mm -hmm. I wouldn't condemn it at all. You know, I just say, hey man, it's just, it's, it's not good for you. Because yeah. whoever, whoever leaves for the, leaves, has another guy or another girl, the one left is the one that's going to suffer. Right. Yeah, I see that's, yeah, and what Julie was saying, like, that's so, I wish, like, we could rewind the clock and have the generation of youth pastors kind of hear that. Yeah. Right. They tried. I know a lot did, even looking back, as much pain as I went through some things, I know she tried. She had a good heart. Right. But it was driven so much. Not that she didn't give some positive things, but it was... Looking back, the youth leader that taught our true love weights, her marriage was not exemplary looking back. It was really a lot of brokenness. They're divorced now. She ended up back with the love of her life, the first man she was married to, which it's better. I mean, it's a better situation, you know, and I don't, mm -hmm. I don't think of divorce. I don't think that's good in any situation. It's so sad, you know. Not going to does. I'm just saying, I know it's brokenness. I don't know if I'm saying it right. But, however... I look at her, I go, here she was dealing with brokenness, and no one probably maybe deep down, like, hey, I wish I had married this guy, he's not the best, we're having to work on marriage. And she had three kids, two in the group, and you know, we need to do this, we need to do this, comms aren't really that great, this, this, and this, and this, and this, like weeks of it, you know, we did it. And I go, we needed a couple in there to sit. It's like, hey, we had this couple come in and go, like, you know. We, we asked God to show each other, you know, who we are. And he brought us to each other. And it wasn't like 30 years later or something, you know, like, like we're like 22 and a half and we're married happily. Hey, have a kid on the way. You know, we didn't have that kind of thing. It was always the negative, not, hey, God's got something awesome. You right. know, and I would have said, what you can't do. Like you said, I wish I could turn sometimes. Right. Because like, you, know, you, you combine that, the, the all the shout nots with the... The, the presentation of marriage of being just this drudgery of, mm -hmm. of hurt and bondage, yeah. all that. You combine that with the law teaching. And then you got the enemy on the other side saying, you can do what you want to. Yeah. Even if you, if you don't even like getting along with people, you can still get your rocks off and enjoy yourself. What you gonna choose? What you gonna choose? See, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like when we talk about the presentation of the gospel in in every area, that whole relationship piece, man. And you know why the the enemy is attacking that so much? Because of the imagery it represents between Christ and the church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If he can distort that image, mm -hmm. then he can just distort the gospel. It's like that's, it's what, a, that's what this trans stuff's all about. Like telling God he made a mistake. But to speak to what he was saying, I think you know, the image puts a veil on our eyes when it comes to the emotional damage that stuff like that does. Mm -hmm. 
you know, like he said, married, get with somebody yeah, not married, and, 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 and he, he 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 covers that up because we don't pay attention to the moment we was talking about protection. Yeah, it, it's rare to see people that live together stay together a long time, yeah. especially if they're young. If they're young, some eighteen months to three years, you're used to one's eyes to see. That's how long they. Then the girl be coming and crying. So what's the matter? She goes, he met someone. He's moving out this weekend, and they're broken. But then it's not long before she finds another love of her life and start it all over again. The cycle. Hmm. Yeah, and and we talk about culture, right? Culture will normalize that. Right. You listen to the radio, and it's like you know where you think all these sad love songs come from. In, in every genre of music, where you talk about bluegrass, country, or hip hop, or R and B, whatever you whatever genre you can you like, somebody heartbroken, and they singing about it. And but see, what what the culture would do is say, well, that's just a part of growing up in life, but it doesn't have to be. That's the thing; it doesn't have to be. Now, in this world, you will have tribulation, but. The closer I, tr I I endeavor to walk in line to what this, the Holy Spirit is saying, the more the more privy I am to His protection. That's the thing. It, it's not that it, it's not that the Lord wants you to go through a bunch of stuff to teach you something. Here's where you learn right here. It's not, the not going through that it's stuff. the word, but it's just. Our own bad decisions, the attacks of the enemy, and us, you know, the, and the influence of others, negative influence of others around us that kind of pushes up, pushes us into situations where we make bad decisions and we end up in brokenness. And at that point, it's like, okay, am I going to allow the world to heal me? Or is bitterness gonna come in? And am I am I gonna give my ear to the world now? See, because again, that's all about here. This is why when he talked about the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation, these are deadly points. Because if you talk about trying to hit a fatal shot, when people shoot, what they shoot for? Heart, the heart and head. Yeah, heart and lungs. Vital organs. Vital organs. Mm -hmm. Going back to Psalm 91. We're looking at 9 and 10 and 11. Says in the New American Standard says, For you have made the Lord my refuge, even the most high your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. For he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. To guard you in all your ways. Twelve. They will bear you up in their hands, 
that you do not strike your foot against a stone. It's curious that Satan used this verse in temptation of to Jesus, yeah. I think this kind of says some nuggets here in reference to that. Like how did why did why did Satan pull this this verse out? They will pair you. They they will pair you up in their hands. That you do not strike your foot against a stone. And then he's tempting Jesus to say, yeah. "Go ahead and jump." You know the angels will keep your foot from dashing stone. And I think we look if we look at this, we can kind of get to. The heart of how some 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 of us and some people we know have gotten hurt in the whole faith movement, being presumptuous, mm -hmm. trying to use to word to usurp the Lord's will or to use it as a way to to exercise their own will without the counsel of the Holy Spirit. It's called witchcraft. Right. And if you use the word, it's witchcraft. I know some kids who knew that their parents prayed constantly for them and they took advantage of that thinking that didn't matter what they did, mm -hmm. their parents' prayers would protect them. Was it true? <laughs> you guys I mean, to some degree, willfully. You put a trash can in the door or something? Yeah. Okay. I got to go back there. Yeah, there's two out there by the front. Okay. Because that's presumption. Doesn't matter what I do. My parents pray for me. I'm protecting. Yeah. Yeah. So they just speaks to let me let me let me just go back there. Matthew four, five, two, seven. Mm -hmm. Matthew four, verse five, verse seven. This in the, I'll read this in the Passion. It says, Then the accuser transported Jesus to the holy city of Jerusalem and perched him at the highest point of the temple and said to him, If you're really God's son, jump and the angel will catch you. For it is written in the scriptures, He will command his angels to protect you and they will lift you up so that you won't even bruise your foot on a rock. Not on a dare. <laughs> <laughs> verse 7. Kind of out of context. <laughs> verse 7, he says, Once again, Jesus said to him, The scriptures say, You must never put the Lord your God to a test. 
So it's like I triple dog dare you. Exactly. That's what I was thinking of. To such and such <laughs> and this and that. And it's like, well, in, in that in in that space, who's the who is the puppeteer? Who's calling shots? So you Right. And so whenever we're trying to, you know, we, we're trying to walk out the word, right? We look at the promise of God. We're trying to walk out the word. We need the Holy Spirit to give us the guidance on how to apply. But I see what he did. He spoke the truth. You are the son of God. And then he twisted the rest of it. Mm -hmm. So without the guidance of the Holy Spirit, you could, I am the son of God, so I can prove it. Mm -hmm. Half truth. Right, it? half truth. Yeah. He, he, he twisted it. Yeah. He spoke, he spoke partial truth, partial truth and, then, right. and then you react to that. Because even if you, in the, in the New American Standard, the Amplified, and in the Passion, it uses the word if. If you are the son of God, mm -hmm. throw yourself down, for it is written. So, if you the son of God, prove it. You, you the son of God? Good question. Yeah, I do. You question me. I'd love to show you. You know, it's interesting we're saying this because I was thinking about this today or yesterday. It was, long story short, it was a minister came to our church years ago, the church we used to go to, and... He was a prop, like he prophesied and stuff too, and he ministered. And I remember, like, it still sticks out in my mind to this day. Some of the things he said when he ministered, I still believe in now. Like the stuff we talk about here, we have authority and everything. But he would say, I mean, literally the whole time this man ministered and even personally ministered to myself and my mom, it was, half of it was really good. I mean, I still think it's good. But then half of it was like super cruddy and bless this man. I hope he learned the truth now because it was very destructive stuff. And I mean, even like, and he said we had authority. He talked about even doing his yard. He was, had leaves kept blowing in the way. He was like, God's like, use your authority. And he did. He used it against the wind. You know, like Jesus did. It's like, I command you when you won't keep doing this. You know, like, I'm a minister. I have to have time, you know, minister, whatever. And it did it. But then he talked about later in his message, you know, people say, oh, you know, Jesus took all Satan's authority and his and his power. Oh, no, you know, we got to fight Satan. You know, he, he, he is real still, whatever, which he is, but he was giving Satan a lot of like, credit, if you ask me. And then he ministered to us and I, I remember he prophesied over us or whatever. He was like, God's going to use y'all greatly together, which it's never, like, ceased to be proven through the attacks of the enemy. God has shown he wanted to use us together, you know, mother and daughter. But then right afterwards, he looked at me. I mean, he put his hand over me and cried a little bit. God's going to start messing with your world to see how dedicated you are to the call of intercession he has on your life. And I'll tell y'all, 16, I already didn't have any friends. After that, I had no life. All the friends I did have, they went away. I believed it. And that was not God's world, you know. Mm -hmm. I was recording, and I go, I have the truth, you know. I heard all the good stuff he was saying, you know. And then also her, it makes you want to go, I believe that, you know. This is, this is why it's, you know, when it's, it just shows how important doctrine is. Mm -hmm. Because you can have a true prophetic gift spoken through twisted doctrine mm -hmm. and they can do damage mm -hmm. yeah. right because you know you're they what they're hearing from the lord but they're trying to deliver and it's coming through a certain doctrine that can twist it up 
Yeah. All right. So it just it just speaks again to all of our need for the Holy Spirit to to in, interpret interpret life, help us interpret things, whether it be our day to day lives, whether it be the administration of the gifts of the Spirit, all that type of stuff. Whether we're reading the Word, literally reading, all of that stuff. It's funny because oh, I'm sorry, uh, the twisting when you were, you know, the twisting mm -hmm. when you, oh, where have we heard that before? Even the Garden of Eden, mm -hmm. it yeah, was the exact, his, it's the exact same method. thing in the Garden of Eden. Oh well, what about this? Oh, uh huh, yeah, mm -hmm. partial truth. Pervert the rest. Yeah, like we started off good and twisted it a, you know, a little bit. So he's a little hook. Yes. Yeah, that's. Very interesting. Mm. Well, that's what I was saying. The thing I seen the other day was, um, I think it's, his name is Josh Terridus. The Terridus' son did a little clip, and it just caught my eye, and he talked about how much he depends on the Holy Spirit. He's a young man. He goes, he took his wall out. He goes, I lose this every day. He goes, <laughs> and I pray, and I ask the Holy Spirit to help me find. He goes, I find it. He tells me where. He goes, I'm telling you, I'm not lying. He goes, I would lose it. He goes, he cares about the little. He goes, I don't know about the car keys. And he goes, no, I'm just kidding. He goes, but the Holy Spirit is there waiting for you to go to him and access it to help you, whatever's been distorted, for you to see that so things will clear up. He goes, right. help you find things, help you do things. Even in the little thing, he goes, my wallet. Right. And see, and, and, and a prime example of how, you know, just looking at something like that, right? How the Holy Spirit can speak to one person in one way and somebody else another way with the same same end result, right? So he may pray and just get an impression to look behind the couch mm -hmm. and it'd be right there, mm -hmm. right? And then he'll, he'll tell them, well, just put it over on the nightstand every day before you go to bed so you can always so you can keep so track of it. Now he might lead Julie to say, you know what? Get an air tag and stick it to the wallet. I would be that one too. <laughs> she would be. So if he, if he, so it, if you lost it, all you have to do is do what? <laughs> yes. Look on your phone and you you see where it is. Right? But different different people, different instruction. Same end result, same, same Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. This providing protection and guidance, yeah. right? When I first got saved, I was saved about a year, and I had an old station wagon and it needed motor mounts to pass inspection in New Jersey. And I was, I could put them on myself, but they cost 25 bucks. And that week, that was my time, 25 bucks. So I'm sitting in church that night, man, and I'm thinking, oh, what am I going to do? If I don't get this sticker on there, I'm, I'm not going to be able to drive the car. I can't go to work. And finally I said, Lord, it's up to you. And I threw the money in the plate when he came around. And that night I had a dream and I saw a nail on a, on a beam in my basement. that had two big hose clamps hanging on it. And I got up in the morning and thought, is that even down there? And I went down there. Sure enough, there's two big hose clamps. And he also showed me these hose clamps. Motor mounts look like this. And there's rubber in the middle. And he showed me these clamps going around the motor mount. And I tightened them up. I put one on each side. Went up the inspection. Went right through so I know words like the money I was going to buy that with, I gave to him. And then he showed me how to fix it for free. And I was, I was, I was really young in the Lord. And that to me, that was the greatest thing. 
Yes. Wow, God can tell you how to fix a car? Are you kidding me? Absolutely. That's cool. That's cool. All right, social media family. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you again. Good work.